and welcome to another edition of the Hitting the Hardwood podcast, your home for all the latest Minnesota links and WNBA news, analysis, and coverage. Thank you for tuning in to another episode this week. I'm your host, Mitchell Hansen, and this week I'm really excited to be, be joined by um, a special guest who I'm excited to have on the podcast um, for the first time, um, somebody who uh, I've I followed his work, and, and he's he does a lot of great stuff, does a lot of, uh, you know, has a, a strong presence on social media. And a lot of people know him as Nafisa Collier's husband, Alex Bazell. Um, Alex is a, a skills trainer for the NBA and WNBA. He does a lot of good work with a lot of NBA and WNBA players. Um, he's co-founder of Through the Lens, um, and, and he's if you're not following him, you know, on, on you know Through the Lens and the work that they're doing there, at least follow him on social media. He's a, he's a great follower or a great follow on social media, and um, you know he's somebody that's very knowledgeable about the game. Um, and, and it's cool to see, uh, you know, see his work and see, you know, see all the, the, the different videos and the different, um, you know, kind of behind the scenes look to what goes on behind the scenes a lot of times with, with players and, you know, the, the training that goes into to just, you know, them doing what they do and being able to, to, you know, continue to play at a high level and be professional athletes. Um, a lot of, a lot of good work from, from Alex and, and I'm really excited to, to have him on the podcast um, as you'll hear in, in a little bit, a lot of really good insight, not only with, you know, with, with the work he's doing, um, kind of the mental, he talks about the mental aspect of, of the game for, for athletes. Um, and then, you know, we talk about the WNBA and, you know, we really do kind of take a deep dive into, um, you know, the links. He's kind of, he has a unique view on the links because, you know, he has somebody who's, who's directly, you know, tied into the team. Obviously, Nafisa Collier is is you know off to a, a phenomenal start in, in 2023. Um, he kind of talks about you know her involvement in the team, um, you know her role on the team, how it's kind of expanded, um, not only this year but throughout the years. Um, you know, talks about about the links in general, where they're at right now. Um, you know, talks a little about a little bit about what they could do in the future. Um, and then you know, we one of my one of my Kind of the things that that I was looking forward to in this in this podcast was talking about what the process was like for not only him uh, but Nafisa Collier herself in getting her her body back, getting her back into game shape after giving birth um, a little over a year ago. Um, so we talk about all of that. Um, it's a, it's a lot of great insight from Alex on uh, you know the process of all of that. He he mentions in the podcast at one point they didn't they didn't know if if Nafisa Collier would ever get back to the level that she was at. Um, and not only has she done that, but she's excelled that, um, and she continues to grow in 2023. So a really good conversation with Alex, um, and I, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Um, but w- without further ado, let, let's let's jump right in and, and get into this week's podcast with Alex Bazell. Alex, how you doing, man? Thank you for joining me. I'm doing well. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. I, uh, I you know, I was, I was just talking to you before, before we uh, started recording that, um, you know, I've, I've continued to to want to try and find different ways to to get different voices get different viewpoints on on the game so um i i appreciate uh you joining and um, um kind of getting that diff- different aspect or kind of different side of the game maybe i don't want to say outsider view of the game but but you know you know what i'm saying kind of have a have sure. a different perspective of of the game so i, I appreciate you joining and, and taking some time some time out of your schedule to to jump on absolutely well, first, um, if if you could maybe just for for the listeners, kind of to give a give a background in yourself. I'm I'm familiar with you and your work, but if you don't mind, just kind of mm-hmm. jumping into to things with with you and and kind of talking a little bit about you and and everything that you're doing. 
Sure. Um, yeah, my name is Alex Bazell. I uh, been in basketball for <laughs> my entire life, played it collegiately, played overseas for a year. Um, I really made my mark in the professional side on the training realm. Um, so working with first building out an academy in St. Louis, Missouri, which is where I'm from, to training some of the top NBA, WNBA players in the world, um, really starting back in 2014. Um, so I got into that space just by happened <laughs> happened to know uh a guy Kyle Corver was um in the NBA at the time his youngest brother Kirk was my roommate and best friend in college at UMKC and that is how I met Kyle you know I never worked with Kyle on court but I've known him for years but Doug McDermott was a mutual connection there so Doug was the first client um, I ever had in the NBA he was at the Chicago Bulls coming off his rookie season so that is how I really like broke into the NBA um, trained him for free for a number of years just to kind of prove that I could help him and get in my foot in the door. Uh, and then from there, just kind of snowballed into working with a number of different athletes on both sides. Fast forward, you know, I met Kobe Bryant in, in 2017. He asked me to move out to LA in 2018. So I began working closely with him and his daughter Gigi and their team. Um, so it was a, it was an interesting time for me where I got to learn basketball from in my opinion the, the greatest basketball savant that's ever lived and you know from that I learned so much on the business side of sport and that is really where um, I'm most most uh, thankful for the relationship I built with them and you know of course you know we went through a, a pretty horrific tragedy in, in 2020 and then um, COVID hit shortly thereafter and I um Sorry, I lost my my AirPod. And I uh, I launched a media company with Carmelo Anthony um, back in mid-2020 called Through the Lens. So our mission was pretty simple. We want to help athletes tell their stories. We wanted to create a platform that was mutually inclusive of men and women. And we wanted to just get stories out there and, and help athletes understand the value of owning the data behind their users. So that is really what I've been up to um the last 12 years in a nutshell and it's kind of led me to all these things and i think most notably the the title i'm probably most known for in the wnba community is i am nafisa collier's husband um which is something that uh i'm very proud of of course so uh i'm i'm happy to sit here and talk to you and talk about the links a bit yeah, that that was kind of that. You know, that's not the only reason I reached out to you, but that, that's that's <laughs> one of the the one of the reasons I you know I reached out to you to to jump on the podcast was what was that connection to to fee? What you know, if you could kind of you know take a step back and kind of give give the listeners a, an insight of how did you guys meet? How how that that kind of relationship um, start up? Sure. So we met after her freshman year at UConn. Um, at the time, so we're both from the St. Louis area. You know, she grew up in Jefferson City, Missouri, and she moved to St. Louis in high school. Um, so I actually began training her after her freshman year at UConn. And then fast forward, we we started dating during her senior year at UConn. Um, so we began, you know, we became very tight, of course. And I at the time, I was living up in New York. So it was a pretty easy drive um, for me to go from there to Storrs, Connecticut, um, and at the time I was building out my, uh, you know, NBA roster quite a bit extensively. And it, it just, we just clicked right on so many levels. Um, 
and we've always been a great balance for one another because yes, like with any, with any athlete I work with, I'm always very cognizant of everyone's a little bit different. Everyone's driven in different ways individually of what they want to accomplish and team goals. So, you know, where we probably clicked the most was most people may not know fee isn't like a die hard. Let me sit here and consume basketball 24 hours a day. She has an incredible balance of work life. Um, of course, she's as driven as any athlete I've been around, but she has the ability to kind of switch it off, which is extremely healthy mindset where I wasn't able to do that. And I'm still not able to do that at times. I, I love basketball and that's all I want to talk about at times. So we actually are a great balance and equalizer for, for one another. Um, and, you know, so that's really where our relationship formed. And, and I tell everyone now that, you know, when, whenever we're on court, that's kind of like the hour of um, control I get to have per day in our relationship and the other 23 hours she pretty much runs to show here so it's uh it's been a hell of a ride and obviously i'm really excited uh with what she's been able to accomplish in her short time in the w yeah what what do you think of of what i mean she you know she's only in her fifth year i mean i i kind of consider it fourth year because last year was kind of you know only playing four games but yeah what you know not even just specifically with the WNBA, but what she's done to her career in this point. I mean, what she accomplished at, at UConn is, is, is remarkable mm -hmm. as well, but what do you think of her career and, and you, you've kind of had a front row seat to all of that? Yeah. Well, I think more than anything, she's been probably underestimated every step of the way um, because the, she doesn't, her style of play doesn't pop off, right. The same way another, you know, a Rike or jewel or even like in Asia, um, very fundamentally sound, um, very hard worker, does all the little intangibles well that you can't even see on a stat sheet at times. Um, but for me, I, I always kind of knew she was different. You know, I've worked with some of the top players in the world on the men's side too. And what I tell everyone is the main separator is just having a knack and having just this feel um, for the game that sometimes you can't even teach, right? Like I, I, I want to be very clear on she's been around a lot of great coaches. She's been a around a lot of great, um, you know, people that have helped her off the court outside of myself before I started working with her. And she just has such an innate feel for the game and instincts that you can't really teach it. It's instilled at a very young age. And I think that is often overlooked because of there's not like a highlight reel that's going to jump off the page. So to me, she's got kind of a Tim Duncan esque part of her game in that way where you're just like at the end of the season or at the end of a career, whatever it is, you're like, shit, she's been putting up pretty ridiculous numbers. And, you know, you can see now the advanced metrics help someone like her, but it's still, it's, it's kind of hard to quantify at times. So um, I'm not surprised by it. You know, I'm certainly, I've been very vocal, of course, of, you know, just being a husband and being biased, but I, you know, from the time I was watching her at UConn, I knew she was going to hit the, hit the league and, and hitting, you know, hit it running very, very well. Mm -hmm. And the other thing too, that, that I've noticed with just being around her for the, you know, five years or whatever that she's been in the WNBA is not only is she a great athlete, but she's a great person. She's very humble. She's very, you know, grounded. Mm -hmm. She's not, she's not a, you know, this, this might sound like a knock on other star players, but she doesn't have that persona about her. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't have that kind of I don't want to say it's cockiness, but you know what I'm saying? Like they, it's, mm -hmm. there's some players that, that carry themselves that way. And, and she's not like right. that at all, which is, is, 
it's great for a, not only a leader of a team, but, you know, a face of a league. And, um, you know, that, that's been one thing that that's definitely stood out to me. Um, you know, over a little over a year now, um, you guys also had, had a, a big milestone yep. too together, uh, having your daughter, uh, Mila, correct? Mila. Yeah. Mila. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, what, what, what was that like? What, what's like, what's it like being, uh, being a parent? Well, it's, um, it's the biggest blessing in the world first and foremost, but the, I tell everyone I'm, I'm, I'm taking credit for uh, the Lynx landing diamond Miller uh, because I took <laughs> fee out for that, for that season. Um, but no, I, I think that more than anything, it, it was kind of a shocking um, just revelation that women have to go through what they go through and then compound that with an athlete trying to make her way back. Um, it was not easy for her. And I think that she's made it look very easy, but there's times she really struggled. You know, there's times where, you know, she didn't even know if her body was ultimately going to bounce back. She went through a lot of knee issues. She went through a lot of back issues and hip issues. And, and I think that is the biggest thing that I'm probably most proud of. I mean, we, we got to a point in January where we didn't know if she was ever going to return to the form or level she needed to. She just didn't have any pop. She couldn't lift on any fadeaway. She couldn't do the simple things that we kind of have taken for granted. And I think, when you compound that with, you know, we've lived in New York the last couple off seasons with just what she has to go through to get basic care from rehab 45 minutes over here to showing me the gym an hour over here and then an hour and a half home where you're now sitting in the car, sitting in traffic. There's just certain things that the women don't have. That's a kind of a necessity that the NBA players have. You kind of just take for granted, even PTs being, you know, present after workouts, like, every NBA player has that. And I think that is where I would love to see, you know, the WNBA get to for their players that she's had to figure out on her own, all off her own dime. And I, I think that's probably what I'm most proud of. Sure. I'm very proud that she's accomplishing what she's accomplishing on the court, but just the relentlessness to get back to that level. Um, you can't, it's, you, you just can't describe it. And, you know, of course we have a lot of content that we've captured, which we'll be releasing, but it was just such a, incredible journey and that's probably again that's why i'm most proud of now what she's been able to do what she's doing mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about that journey if, if you don't mind just the the process of of getting her back into to game shape and, and just kind of getting back into form what what, what was that mm -hmm. whole whole process like and and like you said it was kind of a bumpy ride with not really knowing if she'd return to form yeah well i mean we had to communicate quite a bit with chuck um, who's obviously the lead trainer with with the links and developing a plan because when she came back initially, she was probably, tr she was trying to do too much too early. And then you had to shut her down for, you know, two or three weeks um, to get her back to neutral. So that was probably the biggest challenge. You know, I think she's been uh, on record saying this. she, she shouldn't have returned last year, but she did because of Syl. Um, And I think that goes back to your testament of what kind of person and teammate she is, but she wasn't anywhere close. Um, and I'm just thankful she got through that without injury. And then once we got to the off season, it was just a balance. You know, we had to start with 15 minute workout and not because of stamina, just because of her body and overloading her, her joints too quickly. Um, and there's certain elements of even, you know, her breastfeeding that her body wouldn't return back to the normal, um, you know, quick twitch muscles and all those things that you need as an athlete. It just took much longer than we both anticipated. So 
it was just a slow buildup. And then, you know, we, we probably went two months where there was just a lot of uncertainty of what she would get back to before ultimately even getting to training camp. There was still some question marks of where was her body. You know, we felt really good about her shot, her skills. Like we were able to hone in on that a bit more. Um, but as you know, like you have to be an athlete and you have to perform at a top line level. So um, it was just kind of a balance and a struggle. And there'd be times where we just shut down for a week just to shut down and, and you know, take it slow because it is a long off season. So it's the mental battle that she had to go through. Um, again, you just can't really explain, but that was the, that was something that we always talked about. But from a, from a skills perspective, I'm really happy with what she's accomplished. You know, I think there's a couple elements that we really tried to hammer home. First and foremost was just her shooting, getting her more comfortable shooting. Um, not just like she's always been able to make shots, but I think it's the mental flip that she's had this year of being okay shooting 18 times or 22 times in a game and potentially only making six shots, right? Like that's something she's never been okay with because she's been so team oriented. But I think for her to take that next step is, you know, I'm a big believer that if you want to win a championship, you have to have a top five or six player in the league. It's just mm -hmm. the proof is there over time. And she has the ability to it. But the next step for her was that mental flip of knowing that I need to be more aggressive. I need to be more assertive. I need to be okay failing. I need to be okay taking the last shot and missing it and us losing the game. And I think that is the biggest hurdle that we went from last year to this year with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she. I know she's even talked about it in post-game press conferences a few times. Like, well, so first of all, she they played a back-to-back -back against Seattle earlier in the year. And that, that first mm -hmm. game, she had a career-high 33 points. She got asked post-game if she could hit a game winner. Or she she was asked about, I think it was her uh, kind of like mid mid post fadeaway that she hit like towards the end of the game against the first Seattle game. She said mm -hmm. that that's her shot. If she could hit, hit a game winner, it would be that shot. Well, what happens two nights later, she hits a game winner hitting that exact same shot. But right. she, you know, she's talked about too, with, with just being more aggressive, that that's something that, you know, she's focused on to take her game to the next level. And, um, you know, that, you know, for any player kind of now taking the reins over officially, she's always kind of been that, that, that player or that caliber of player, but now officially taking the reins, that's, that's very key. And that's, that's definitely, you know, you can definitely tell, um, you know, throughout the year that, that she's definitely done that and she's continued to, to focus on that area. Um, yep. What, what are your thoughts on, you know, knowing where, you guys started at, um, you know, post-birth and, and kind of where that, that whole journey began. What are your thoughts on, you know, where she's at right now? And I mean, she's playing at a, at an M MVP caliber, uh, caliber <laughs> play. What, what do you think of, of her season so far? Yeah. I mean, her season's been outstanding. And I think it's funny, like we talked about this the other day, she's like, I mean, shit, like everyone's playing incredible, right? Like this year is kind of a crazy year for individual performances with, you know, it's funny, like the, the whole Twitter banner the last two weeks has been surrounding Stewie and in Asia, who's better, who's doing this, which I think is healthy for the sport. I, I love seeing that. But then Alyssa Thomas is coming out and breaking records. And you're like, well, she might be the MVP. And we've been arguing about these two players. Right. And certainly you throw fee in that category, too. So it's such it's just great to see that there's such big time individual performances going on. And there's people that probably traditionally maybe would have been in the running the last couple of years that aren't even getting talked about. 
at that much anymore, mm -hmm. whether it's um, Satu Sabali or, you know, even a, a Jewel Lloyd that I know they have to get a few more wins, but just, just incredible individual performances. Now, what we always talk about is um, taking everything in stride, right. And, and never becoming complacent. What we're, what we're happy about is, is the mental aspect of the game to me is the most important thing, right? So confidence leads to results and you only gain confidence from putting in the work and putting in the work in spots that you know, you're going to get to in game. So to your point, the fadeaway for her is her staple, right? We know at any point you get to that fade over your right shoulder, we're going to have a high likelihood of success. And now you build your game around that. And I think a lot of players where they get stuck is they try to do a little bit of everything where they don't really have an identity, right? The way I, I probably, I, I like to use analogies from other sports, right? Think of a pitcher. If a pitcher's best pitch is a 98 mile per hour fastball, that's the pitch you're probably throwing 65% of the time. And then you start combating that with a changeup and a curveball, but it all looks like the same. So that is something that we always really pride ourselves in is kind of keeping it simple, <laughs> right? It's like, we don't need feet to dribble around for, uh, you know, 18 seconds of the shot clock. That's never going to be her game. But if you ask me, where are we trying to go from here? It's pretty simple. One, I, I think for her, it's now becoming more of a creator for others. You know, we know she can get her own shot, but that is probably the next step of her progression that will probably really lean into this, this off season. So, that's just a matter of playing more three on three and one on one and with other players and, and just working on those things. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm obviously very thrilled with where she's at, um, personally, and I'm glad that the links are also starting to, you know, round into form and, and put some wins together too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that kind of leads into my next question. What, what do you think of, of the links so far? Obviously they had that slow start of the year. They're playing, playing much better now, um, but kind of back around to that 500 mark. What do you, what do you think of, of the team so far and, and kind of how they've been able to maneuver the season and kind of turn things around? Yeah, well, I think it's a testament of obviously the coaching. Um, you know, Cheryl's one of the best, if not the best in the game. But it's also, you know, they had a brand new team again. And, and I think that when you add two rookies that are playing heavy minutes from Diamond to Dorca, and you also have Tiffany Mitchell that's coming in that's new, you have Lindsey Allen playing increased role, um, and you had Jess go down for a uh, you know number of weeks. They've that's kind of been their identity. It seems like as, as long as fee has been with the Lynx, it's like they've been throwing curveball after curveball. But um, I think they're they're starting to find their identity, and I think people are falling into where their role should be. With any team, you have to know what is expected of me each night, and I think that's what they were so unsure of out of the gate. Um, and even Fee was a little un unsure of how assertive she needs to be. So. I think everyone's finding that role and now they're getting more comfortable playing off one another. So I think what I'm probably most excited about is the steps that, you know, not just diamond has made, of course she was rookie of the month this last month. She's been playing great, but even Dorca, like Dorca has been incredible for the team. Um, so the, you know, and, and I know they have a, a draft pick um, that didn't come over that I'm actually very high on just from watching her highlights. So mm -hmm. I think, that's something Cheryl has done very, very well. You know, we know Jess was a second round pick too. She's not many second round picks, even late first round picks stick in the WNBA. So, um, you know, I, I think they're in a good spot from a foundational standpoint. And then you hope that they can add maybe a few more stars in the off season or maybe one other really strong draft pick. So, um, you know, certainly we're excited about the foundation that's built. 
Yeah, that that's the thing that like with this team this year, um, you know, it, it we haven't ha- really had that, or Minnesota hasn't had that vision the last few years. I mean, you you, you know, obviously d- during that dynasty era, you knew what team you were going to get every every night. Yeah. Um, you know, basically from the time maybe you know year two or year three when when fee entered or when fee was in the the league you know it was still kind of sylvia fowls at the center of everything that the links were kind of doing mixing in fee to that you didn't really know where they were going to go beyond that and even last year it was like okay what what's this team going to look like moving forward or now you have this team and you're like okay we we have that foundation built and you can see where they're they're planning to go um you know in the yep. off season and, and what they could do so it's it's a very I mean it has to be encouraging not only as as somebody who follows the team but you know somebody that's on the team like Fee just to be a part of that obviously you're going to go through road bumps this year and that's not fun to go through but every team has to go through it and um you know they're still I think doing better than people thought this year which is a great sign Um, and and we can credit you for for having Diamond Miller on the team so that's that's (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no I think like to your point there's also a really important thing here that maybe we don't talk about enough and it's ownership right and I think you do hear a lot of complaints around the league that not every owner is invested the way they need to be invested and I think when you have the Taylor family and now you have Alex and Mark coming into the fold who have been now uh, a lot more consistent and open and, and um, communicative with, you know, fee and the rest of the team. I think it excites people too, because there's a real, as you said, there's a real blueprint now, right? Like we know, okay, cool. Like we know this is set and now what do we need to fill in rather than a bunch of question marks where you don't even know where to start. So, um, and let's face it, everyone is, is chasing Las Vegas, right? And, and then you have that next level with, New York, who I, I think is rounding into form too. So it's not a secret of what do you need to compete specifically for the next couple of years? Um, that bar is set and now it's, you know, what do you got to do to reach that level? Yeah. It, it, and I mean, the links also do kind of what you mentioned before. They, they, they could add a few stars. I mean, there's going to be some, some names on the market this year that they, they could, they have money to go try and get. Um, yep. And then, you know, by the time they get all those pieces together, maybe you hope that a team, you know, the teams like, you know, Las Vegas and New York, maybe they're starting to descend from their, their super team era. Um, so right. that, you know, this, this team could, it's a rebuilding year, but it could be a really quick rebuild uh, depending on how, how things shake out. And obviously the way fee's been playing, um, you know, diamond's been playing dork has been playing their consistency, all three of them. I mean, it's, it's been, it's been great. And it's, it's a great, like you said, foundation to, to, to build upon but it'll it'll be interesting offseason to see what what they do it'll be interesting to see how how the rest of the season goes and how those players continue to evolve and and even from the start of the year till now it's it's night and day difference of of what they've all been able to to do and in the chemistry i think that's the most important thing that they've been able to build but um you know you, you kind of talked about about the the WNBA and the performances we've had um what I, I guess? What are your overall thoughts on on the the overall season? Do you is it kind of kind of what maybe you thought? I know you're a follower of the game, um, but but is it is it kind of what you thought coming into the year of um, you know what we what we'd see from from teams in the league? Yeah, I, I mean, for the most part, sure. Um, I think New York probably um, has 
has underperformed a little bit, but they have what they have five losses or six. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, oh, my gosh, panic mode. Um, But I think John Quell is playing a lot better now. And I think that is the last piece for them. If she can get back to close to the level she was at with Connecticut, then they can have a real shot at, at, you know, going toe to toe. Um, Then you have the Connecticut Sun, of course, which they've surprised me probably more than anything because of losing John Quell and being that thinner piece. But it's obviously a testament of Alyssa Thomas stepping up. Um, And I think if, if Washington can get healthy with Elena and get at least, you know, three healthy weeks with their full squad, I think they can also make some noise. Um, But it's not, it's not, extremely surprising to me the teams that have done well as opposed to the teams that don't um but i like you i'm, I'm probably most curious of how the chips are going to fall this offseason and i think you're going to see some of these star players that are up for free agency that are kind of on the back nines of their career rather than the front nines they're probably going to start making decisions based on what do we need to do to compete with those two teams so i think you're going to see maybe even more top heaviness for the next couple of years um but Regardless, I, I think when you add that with the star power that will be coming into the WNBA, hopefully next year, you know, if not in the next two years, um, it's going to be a pretty exciting uh, build out for the next couple of years for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree that you know, Washington was a team that I thought coming into the year would be kind of maybe in a Connecticut role right now of, mm-hmm. you know, being right. that, that third team. Um, obviously health is always a, a big thing with them and they, they haven't been able to stay healthy, but, um, when it, yeah, I mean, Connecticut, even without pre Jones, like they've, they've been able to do a lot better than I thought they would without her. And, you know, you right. mentioned John Quell, Quell leaving this off season, um, or right. last off season, but well, I think that they, I, they could be a team too. Yeah, I do too. But I, even Atlanta, I think Atlanta's probably yeah. the most surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Um, of where they're at, I, I figured they would be maybe a little bit lower in the standings, but um, I probably underestimated Alicia Gray's talent earlier in the year. I think she's great, mm-hmm. and obviously Ryan Howard is is finding her mark um, of where she started the season and where she's at now. So that's an exciting team to watch too. So every team, you know, in that top really eight now has an identity, even with Dallas of you know, Satu and Enrique and, and now Tierra McCowan's been playing really well the last three or four games. Um, they're, they're kind of a wild card to me too. If they can get into the, the postseason with a decent seed, they, they can make some noise. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how these teams have formed, but um, you know, Alicia going from Dallas to Atlanta, but now Dallas is still maintaining. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's allowed that's the other thing people don't talk about, right? Like someone leaves a role open, it allows someone else to elevate that role, which has been Satu. And I think Satu is on that brink of being a star, right? Like or a superstar rather. So it's, you know, it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think anybody taps Vegas in the end? Um, no. I mean, <laughs> they're I, just so I, good. I, yeah, I, I think they're just so deep. And obviously you have the you know two-time MVP at the head of the snake, but I think people don't realize just how good Chelsea Gray is. Right. And I know people talk about best point guard in the league. I think she should be up there in the MVP conversation personally because she manages the entire flow and rhythm of the game. She keeps everyone happy. 
She gets everyone the ball in the spots they need to. Like it's very hard to balance that many scoring people between Jackie, Kelsey, Asia, and then the fact that Chelsea can go average 20 if she wanted to. Mm-hmm. But she takes that back seat, but she manages and controls everything. Um, so I, I think that I haven't heard her name in MVP conversations. I would put up her up there with anyone, though, just on what just what she does to manage the entire game. Mm-hmm. She's always a difference maker in the postseason, too. She was that way in L.A. She was, you know, she's that way in Las Vegas. Like, she's always at key moments. She steps up no matter who else is on the team. Um, yep. She's just such a valuable asset, not only throughout the year, but when you need her to step up most, which is what you right. need out of your out of your star players. Yeah, but um, I, I just want to before we wrap things up, um, I want to take or kind of jump back to to talking about through the lens a little bit. Um, do you I guess throughout your career, um, you kind of talked about the, you know, the the athletes and, and kind of the personalities that you've dealt with. Do you have a, maybe a, a favorite person or people that that you dealt with i know you mentioned kobe and, and Gigi. um are, are is that maybe the the you know the people that are that first come to mind to you or who who kind of stands out no i mean i think everyone has a different mm-hmm. um personality and what they bring right i've enjoyed i've gotten lucky to where i can now be selective with who i've worked with mm-hmm. um which is a blessing of course but you know i've known trey young and worked with trey since he was a senior in high school so i've seen that entire growth and development as a person as a father as a husband um so everyone i've had has had different relationships i think the one i probably um certainly i value the the kobe and Gigi relationship probably the most especially now that they're gone um but you know it's it's weird like even Kyrie, i met Kyrie through kobe when he was leaving boston um and just as a person he's a he's one of the best people that I've been around, you know, he's obviously very misunderstood. Um, but he's been so gracious to me, to Nafisa, to the women in the WNBA. And I think he's one of the very few people that, yeah, he'll say it, but he'll actually follow up, right? Like he's put a lot of money into it. Most people don't know even about the growth of women's sports. So he is um, someone I really admire for that, despite all the noise around him. And then, you know, even Candace Parker, like Candace and I became very tight, you know, when I worked with her when I was living in L.A. Um, so she's she's great. It, again, everyone brings so many different elements that I'm, I'm pretty thankful for all the relationships. And honestly, I tell everyone that, sure, I, I do work with these people and I've trained these people, but I've learned probably more from them than they've learned from me. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something I value that I can now take a little element from everyone and hand that down to the next person coming up. So that is probably the biggest blessing overall when I, you know, the cumulative effect of all of those individuals has been, um, you know, unmeasured. Mm-hmm. That's that's one thing a lot of people, this sounds silly, but it, it, a lot of people forget that athletes are people and they're just normal people, but they, they just are. happen to be really good at, you know, at their, <laughs> they're a great athlete. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, it, it it's that's the thing that, you know, even just being around the WNBA players they are, they're very open, maybe more so than any other um, league. But that's one thing you learn quickly is it's, they're just, they're just normal people and they just want to be treated like normal people. So that, yeah, um, they do. What, I guess, what, what is it like for you to, 
you, I mean, a lot of people obviously get to see the product on the court or on whatever um, field of play or whatever, maybe that athletes are performing on, but, but you get to not only, you know, see kind of how their thought process and how they go about things, but you also get to see kind of behind the scenes thing. What, mm-hmm. what's that like for you to kind of, you, you see all the work that goes into the end product. Well, I think what I enjoy most is it's consistent problem solving. Everyone has different things that they have. You can kind of see it early before most people see it. Um, And then I just like the adjustment side of things. So specifically in season and in playoffs, you're trying to stay one step ahead of what the defense and the other coaching staff is going to probably do that next game to try to take something away. So I've always enjoyed that aspect of it. And then from an individual standpoint, I think it's, it's just sitting back and watching and learning from how everyone processes the information differently. You know, my number one job is how do we maintain a certain level of confidence? Because once you start losing that, that is when people go in slumps. And that is the reason slumps elongate is if people start losing that trust in the foundation that's been built. And, you know, as a star, you're just, you're just not going to have a great game every single game. Um, And you're going to be the one that probably takes the blame. And that's what happens, right? You get the praise, but you also get the blame. And I think the emotional side of that, not everyone can handle, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of talented people, even more so talented than some of the people that I've talked about. They just didn't have the mental toughness to be able to sustain or sit into that role. And that is something where when you talk about losing a Sylvia Fowles, you have to have the mental makeup to also feel and step into a certain role um, that sometimes is just not in the cards for people, regardless of how talented or skilled or plays that they make. People want to force that upon athletes at times. And sometimes it's just, that is the biggest element. I think that, that people don't talk about is, is that, that last, that last piece. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Alex, I, I really appreciate you. Uh, you jumping on the podcast and talking talking about everything. Uh, it was a, a great conversation and um, I, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule and, and joining and uh, wish you the best of luck with, with through the lens, with, with everything, watching, watching the little one grow um, and, and hopefully you enjoy the, the rest of the WNBA season and, and the off season ahead. I appreciate it. And I right. appreciate the time. Thank you once again to Alex for joining the podcast this week. Like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, um, you know, it, it was really fun to talk to him and, and kind of get that behind the scenes look at on, you know, as to what goes into the, the day-to-day life of an athlete and kind of the, the training aspect of, of, you know, not only getting, you know, maybe getting their body ready, getting their, you know, getting their mind ready, um, getting their skills honed in, but, but also just continuing to grow as athletes. And, and he plays a, a large part in that, um, in, you know, in, in the training that he does with athletes, not only WNBA athletes, he talks about Candace Parker and Nafisa Collier, obviously, um, but, you know, the NBA athletes that he works with, Kobe Bryant and Gigi, um, he mentioned working with them, um, you know, Trey Young, um, you know, the, the Car- Carmelo Anthony and, and those two co-founding through the lens to, to offer really great content on, on those training videos behind the scenes stuff. So, a lot of really cool stuff, a different different aspect to the podcast that I haven't really had on yet so far. Um, and I, I'm really thankful to Alex for uh, for joining the podcast. And, and please go check him out on, like I said, on social media. You'll be able to find all of his work. Um, you can find him at, at Alex Bazell. That's A-L-E-X-B-A-Z-Z-E-L-L on Twitter um, or X, I guess we're calling it. 
Um, but you can you can find a lot of his work. He he plugs his work through through the lens, um, and, and you can find all of that stuff. So go check it out. I've I've been watching that stuff nonstop. Um, I, I'm a junkie for for that kind of content and those videos. So a lot of really cool work. And uh, once again, thank you to Alex for for joining the podcast and in offering us insight on on what he does. Um, you know through the lens. Um, you know, NBA and WNBA work that he does and and some link stuff, like I said, links in WNBA um, behind the scenes on, you know, kind of Nafisa Collier, her her return to the court um, and the work that went into that process. So thanks again, Alex. I, I really appreciate you you joining this, uh, joining the podcast this week. I also want to give a shout out to Jeremy Rushing for producing this podcast as he does every week. He does a great job in, in making this all sound great and, and making sure that everything's... Uh, Everything's uh, tuned in and, and, and kind of you know sounds great on, on the back end. So I appreciate Jeremy for, for all the work that he does. Um, I also want to mention a few things before we wrap up. Um, I want to mention our Patreon page. Um, we, we did have a patron join this week. Um, Don, thank you, Don, for, for joining and becoming the latest patron member in our Patreon community. Um, if you want to become a patron or patron, patron, excuse me, um, you can do so by, by visiting patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. Um, there you'll get a lot of exclusive perks. You get early access to podcasts. You get discounts that are uh, hitting the hardwood store, um, which you should check out for a lot of really cool merchandise. Uh, hitting the hardwood merchandise. Um, there's and really anything you can think of. And if there isn't something on there uh, that you you would like to purchase, please reach out um, at hittingthehardwood at gmail.com. I'm happy to listen and um, and kind of create a, a custom order for you. Um, but uh, like I said, at, at our Patreon page and our Patreon community. You get a lot of bonus content. I normally do bonus content for for those those patrons. Um, you get uh, not only our newsletter every Wednesday, like uh, everybody else does, uh, but you get bonus newsletters. You get one Monday and Friday as well. So you get Monday, Wednesday, Friday as part of being a, a patron. Um, but please go check that out. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. And I, I want to also give a shout out to our partners as we do every week, um, Homage and Better Edge. Um, we'll start with Better Edge. Um, you can go check out betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R-Edge.com. Um, you can check them out for for a lot of uh, you know betting on you know the WNBA, any sport you can think of. Um, you can go check them out, and um, it's a lot of really cool stuff there. Um, if you are a first time user, um, please use or visit betteredge.com forward slash links. When you sign up, use the promo code links. That's L-Y-N-X. And you'll get a free twenty dollars in in free play. So please go check that out. Um, just for being a listener of hitting the hardwood, you get a free twenty dollars to play with. Um, I'm a regular user, not only with WNBA but other sports as well. Um, I like being able to do competitions. Um, you can find competitions throughout the year. Uh, follow us at, on Twitter at hitting the hardwood or at hitting hardwood, excuse me. And you'll be able to um, you'll be able to to kind of you know, be able to bet on whatever you want. And, and it's really fun. It's really user-friendly. Um, so please go check them out. Uh, betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com. Second one is Homage, as I mentioned. That's H-O-M-A-G-E.com. Um, at Homage, you'll be able to find a lot of really cool vintage gear, a lot of WNBA gear, logo gear. I have the the Lynx um, hoodie and, and T-shirt, uh, which I love. I mean, those those are probably two of my most, um, you know, most worn um, clothing items that I have outside of my hitting hardwood uh, 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 clothes and, and apparel, is, of course. Uh, but I also do have the, the WNBA, just the main WNBA t-shirt. They're really soft, really comfortable. 
Um, so please go check them out. Not only just the WNBA gear, but you can get you know NFL, you can get MLB, you can get NHL, whatever you want, whatever you can think of, um, you can get at, at Homage. So please go check them out, uh, homage.com, H-O-M-A-G-E.com, and to get a lot of that great vintage gear. Uh, with that said, I, I once again want to thank you for joining the or tuning into the, the podcast this week and, and for listening every week. I really enjoy uh, bringing this podcast to all of you. I'm excited for, for some of the guests that we have coming up here um, in the next couple weeks. And um, it, I, I really enjoy being able to offer um, you know different voices and, and different insight to, to the, the WNBA, the Lynx, um, and being able to provide, um, you know, Lynx fans or, or WNBA fans or any fans in general that want to listen, um, kind of this different avenue to, to being able to listen to content and, um, and to get different insight from different folks. So if you have any suggestions, have any, uh, um, you know, guests that you think should be on the, the podcast, tweet at us at Hitting Hardwood, as I said, or uh, we're, on, we're on Facebook, we're on, we're on Instagram, both of them you can find at Hitting the Hardwood. Um, and let us know, let us know who you want to hear. Let us know what, what we're doing, uh, well, what we're doing, what we can maybe do better. Um, I'm always open to, to, you know, that insight and to, to get that feedback so I can continue to, to produce a, a podcast and to produce content that you guys want and that you're looking for. So, uh, please let us know. You can also uh, email at any time, as I said, hitting the hardwood at gmail.com. Follow me on social media, Mitchell Hansen. That's M underscore Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N 13. So that's M underscore Hansen 13 on Twitter. Uh, feel free to, to let me know on there. Um, and and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get some, some nice guests here coming up, and we'll continue this podcast every week um, throughout, the, throughout the season. So thank you once again for listening. Um, let's, let's keep this season rolling. We're, we're already about a dozen, a little over, uh, you know, a dozen games left, um, in the WNBA regular season, which is kind of crazy to think about. Lynx are right in the middle of a playoff, um, race right now. They're in the playoff picture. Um, they're playing, playing much better and a piece of Collier is back. Um, and, and I think things are, things are starting to, to look up for, for the Lynx. They, you know, they, they've had some, you know they they kind of weathered the storm of a rough stretch actually really out of the All Star break so they're they're uh, they're you know doing well and and hopefully they can they can continue that moving forward but we'll continue to talk about it every week we'll continue to watch every week and uh, I once again want to thank you for for tuning into another episode so I will see you all next week and I hope you have a great week enjoy some Lynx basketball and uh, we will talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you.